Hello and welcome to So You Think You Can Fanon. Please check the link tree in the description and see all of our beautiful, lovely, salacious links to listen to more. Thank you. All right, inmates, line up. We're taking, we're doing retention for this, uh, for this prison insane asylum hybrid. Okay. Uh, prisoner okay, one, yeah, line up. We yeah, got, sir. we got, we got Bertram. Hello. What's your superpower, Bertram? Um, your, your super villain superpower. I can. <laughs> My first thought was shoot a gun, but everyone. <laughs> that's, that's it. You can shoot. A I gun. can. I can shoot a gun really I mean, good. That, that puts you on par with Deadshot, to be fair. <laughs> fair right, enough. Number, number two, we got Prisoner Sergio. What's your superpower? What's your super villain superpower? Uh, my supervillain superpower is that I make people uh, commit tax fraud. Oh. Call me the tax man. I thought it was going to be in in regard to the conversation we had before the episode. I know, same here. <laughs> Making people uncomfortable, even though it shouldn't. Oh, oh, okay, okay, no, no, I'm uh, um, what's it called? I am uh, with extreme prejudice, and I make people commit hate crimes. <sighs> I was about to go on a rant about a comic book that I read last night. Yeah, that, I, I, sir, I, I must say that the inmate next to me is, uh, that's not a villain, that's a monster. He needs to be locked up into solitary confinement. Can his uh, supervillain name be the First Amendment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we hear, we hear so you think a fan and hate the First Amendment. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Finally, someone power. says it. My superpower is the uh, ability to have uh, extra skin. I just, I just really? cover the flabby. That's just so I, I, I thought you were going to say, I thought you were going to say extra hair, and you were just really hairy, and I was like, damn. So true. Prisoner Equinox Doodles, what's up? Hey. What's your, what's your thing? Uh, so my my super villain superpower is that. I love fucking boys, like men, adult <sighs> men in the butt, what? the homosexual. Why is that a superpower? Like, it's not really a superpower. I just commit like petty crimes, and I'm somehow locked up in here with all of you. I just really like men. I don't know why this is like. I this is why I'm saying he needs to be locked in solitary confinement. He's the reason that I'm here. And of course, we have the worst, most evil prisoner of them all, with the most evil power. Sean Saxon, whose who's supervillain superpower is being really sexist. <gasps> one more superpower you haven't heard about yet. What? Ask me, Stanley. Ask what me for my superpowers. What is, evil, what is your evil superpower besides sexism? And clipping the mic. Have, have you spoken to your mother about her recent sexual activity? I know. <laughs> <laughs> my, my mother, my mother is dead. I just, I can't wait exactly. for exactly. Um, I offer the mic just a little bit. My eyes are watering. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, just, I just got a text from my brother's girlfriend. <laughs> just says my mom was fucked. No, I'm gonna read it to you. Um, <laughs> I'm the saw joker of fucking soy moms. milk at the store made me think of you. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's superpower is being a soy boy. 
What the hell? That is so funny. <laughs> Damn. Welcome back to So You Think You Can Fan and the only podcast on the internet to have uh, super villains all in the same room. Six of them, even, I would dare to say. Like mm-hmm. a sinister group of individuals. Um, If only there was like a name for that. Like a group of s- six sinister people. Oh, uh, I know who you're talking I about. I know, I know. The League of Super <laughs> Evil. Work. The Sinister uh, yeah. Six Tuplets. The Watchmen. The Secret Society of Super <laughs> the Watchmen. Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking of Watchmen, Blue Beetle in theaters now. Hashtag Blue Beetle Battalion. Hashtag Blue Beetle Battalion. Yes, Mexican it. Black Panther, baby. Yeah. If they think about it, El Paso, Texas is like the Wakanda of Texas. Damn. <laughs> so uh, we're, we read comic books. We read Did two we? comic Technically, we read uh, four two. comic books because there were like three issues and one issue. We read Batman. Batman. No, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put you in the, in the, in the holding cell in Arkham where they fucking put you in the Phoenix Explosion Chamber. <laughs> they fuck your sweet little pussy. Okay, so we know Matt. Come on. Matt. <laughs> <laughs> so we read two Batman issues, not the issue stories, the Killing Joke and the Dark Knight Returns, two very important Batman stories in the history of the character. Uh, so before we talk about that, let's just get out of the way. Um, everyone here obviously knows who Batman is because he's Batman. Does anybody here not really have any experience with any Batman media before this? Like I have me, 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 really. What? Yeah, I. So all three of you. My my like my understanding of Batman is like through cultural osmosis and like. The only movie I saw was The Batman. I read oh, Year One, yeah. and I also played the Lego Batman video game. That is my entire, like, recollection of Batman. I also know, like, bits and pieces from clips of, like, Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. But to say that, like, I enjoy Batman would be, like, the equivalent of being, like, yeah, I like getting eaten by tigers, and it's just because I'm in the same vicinity as a tiger. I haven't been eaten by one. I was going to say, didn't you see the Batman with us? I did, but my understanding of Batman is very, very slim. I, I'm not experienced with this character whatsoever. What about the other two, Sean and Bertram? We'll go with Bert first because we're keeping the order. I have never consumed any Batman media in my entire life until now. That's crazy. That that's insanity to me. You've never seen The Dark Knight. That's crazy. I've never seen it. That's crazy. My dad was not a DC fan, so I just like didn't get any DC My except dad Superman. Was a huge DC fan and Marvel fan, but he only had '90s comics, so um, that's why I like '90s comics so much. Mm. What about you, Saxington? I honestly don't consume that much superhero media, except like obscure stuff, like I Don't Want This Kind of Hero by uh, Sam Chun. 
uh, like just weird Marvel. stuff like that. I have, I also, but what uh, superhero media I have consumed has been almost all Marvel. Really, my only experience with Batman was through, uh, or is through videos online, like recounting um, comic books because I like to watch those sometimes, like comic story and kind of stuff. Um, especially the whole Injustice storyline. But um, I also I played Lego Injustice. Batman as a kid. Don't get me started. No, Injustice fans rise up. Injustice, Injustice was to so sit good. down and shut the fuck I up. I love the first three years of the Injustice. Injustice has done Injustice has done more damage to Wonder Woman's characterization than anything else on the fucking planet. People are like, oh, Wonder Woman is just like is like a badass warrior that kills people and stuff. That's not what Wonder Woman is. Fuck you. Oh, that kind of sucks. Wonder Woman sucks in Injustice. I'm so I'm not gonna go into it. You can't do this to me. I have to get it out. Come back next week for our re- or next month for a reading of Injustice. Come back next month when you hear me shoot myself on microphone for having to read Injustice. <laughs> I oh, I have so many things I want to say right now and I can't because I don't want to go. Read can't. We got to keep going. Resist. Resist. Uh, hold on. We got to go Wayne in Injustice is the most insufferable character in all of comic books. I can agree with you on that. Oh fucking awful okay so you played lego batman and you watched yes. comic Dorian. yeah that's pretty much uh, the the end of it um it. i feel i like i saw batman versus superman but i don't remember a thing about it honestly you know, that's probably the way to go when it comes to that movie scene in batman v superman at the beginning where he's in the warehouse and he fights the dudes and that's a really cool scene it's probably one of the best single batman scenes in any movie and then the rest of the movie happens, and you're like, oh, okay. I, I, I will say, though, not counting on the movie's quality, but Batman v Superman is, well, It's kind. it draws a lot from The Dark Knight Returns, so it's probably the most relevant Batman media to consume That's true, when talking actually. about this book. Yeah. Oh. What so, about the animated Dark Knight Returns? Besides that, that one, count. I don't know why that one. That doesn't count, Matt. That's not. That's okay. it's, that's just an. Adaptation it's not real. Comic. It's not a movie inspired by it or anything. Yeah, it wasn't a real All thing right. that happened. Like uh, live action oh. movies are. Speed run the history of Batman. Forties, they made Batman. Bill Finger and Bob Kane. Bob Kane was only credited for it, um, for like 60, 70 years. The first movie that get, um, Bill Finger credited on Batman was Wait, Batman Finger. Batman. His name is Bill Finger. He's the artist who, like, designed Batman, but he was never given credit, and he died in poverty at, like, age 40 because he never got any money for it. Wow. Oh, he also also helped create Alan Scott Green Lantern. I didn't know that. Yeah. There's a a documentary, if you want to watch it, called Batman and Bill. It's very good. We're not going to talk about it much, um, if at all, because it's not relevant to anything we're going to talk about, but it's just worth noting to give him credit for helping create Batman. Because Bob Kane is kind of a windbag who just takes credit for everything. Kind of like Stan Lee. But Stan Lee was like a kind of redeemable person and Bob Kane was not. Interesting. Um, so they created Batman. And then a few years later, they created Robin. Dick Grayson. Robin, you know, his whole thing, his sidekick. Um, like 30 years of comic books happened that aren't... That, okay, they're relevant, but they're not relevant. Um, DC had a really weird convoluted continuity that nobody really understood. And then in the the 80s, was it the 80s? They did Crisis Infinite Earths, where they took all the, like, weird stories that they had of DC, where, like, 
Batman had a rainbow costume and was had, there was an alien Batman named the Batman of the planet Zurana. And they took a lot of the shit and they're like, all right, we're going to throw it out. And then we're going to redo the continuity of everything and just like make a new status quo for DC. And that's just going to be what it is for now, which, you know, poorly aged things that DC said in the eighties. That's really funny with the modern context of DC getting rebooted every five fucking years. Um, mm-hmm. So around the time they started working on the crisis, uh, a, a man by the name of Frank Miller was uh, very well known in the comics industry. He, I don't know if he worked on daredevil at this point. Um, but basically he's a comic book artist and writer. He wrote daredevil um he wrote a lot of really popular stuff and then at some point uh 1986 because i think the crisis was 88 and they were working on it for a few years in 1986 um frank miller submitted his idea for a batman story called the dark knight returns which was kind of a reinvention of the character for a long time batman uh was kind of seen as a joke character if you don't know, this is a real thing. It's hard to believe, unironically hard to believe in the modern day. But back in the day, Batman was kind of a meme. Nobody gave a shit about Batman in like pop culture because the only thing that really mattered in the in like the culture of the the nineteen eighties was the um, the Adam West Batman TV show that was like very campy and funny and silly. Sergio's raising his hand. Yeah, I was just going to make a comment, like, the, the Adam West Batman sh- show seems like an anomaly now, but, like, if you picked up a comic, that's just how, like, Batman was. Like, he'd be like, Robin, yeah. I have to wear a different colored Batsuit every single day, and, like... Or I'll die! That's where the big dinosaur came from, that's in the Batcave, that's kind of like a relic from, like, a 60s where he got yeah. the dinosaur. Matt, let Sergio talk, and then I'll call on you. I'm, Stop, I'm you're distracting just me. You know I'm next. I know, I'm aware. Um... Yeah, that's all. That's all I really had to say on that. Matt can say. Yeah. go on, man. Uh, I was gonna say this is also depending on what TV shows you were watching. Um, Batman was also involved with a lot of cartoon crossovers with uh, Scooby Doo. Scooby Doo, yeah, stuff yep, like that. Scooby Doo, yep. Yeah. Oh my gosh, so... I thought I was forgetting something, like some Batman media I consumed, and I think that might be it. Yeah, are you still raising your hand, Sergio, or is that? Oh, I just forgot. I'm I'm, I'm good. Yeah, so Batman was kind of a joke character. Superman was really the the face of DC. Batman was kind of a joke character. Um, he has some good comics. Don't get me wrong. Neil Adams and Denny O'Neill wrote Batman for like ten years in the seventies, which was kind of the prototype to what Batman became as a result of The Dark Knight Returns, where it was kind of a more like noir detective style comic. Um, that's where like Rachel Ghoul came from, stuff like that. But overall, like the the common consensus of Batman up until 1989, with the release of Batman with Michael Keaton, the movie, and The Dark Knight Returns, was Batman is just kind of a joke. Um, and Frank Miller really liked Batman. Like he was a fan of the Den- the the like uh, the Denny O'Neill stuff, and it was like, all right, well, I want to make Batman like kind of interesting in the public eye and so he worked on a comic called the dark knight returns um which is it's set in the future trademark i don't think they give a date i think 
Oh, uh, never mind. It, 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 it takes place in 1986. I lied. Yes, because dystopian future esque 1986 in Gotham City. Um, Batman retired after the death of the second Robin, Jason Todd. That's an important thing for people who don't know about Batman lore. First, first Robin uh, quit being Robin and became his own superhero. Second Robin died. The Joker killed him in a in a terrorist attack with Al Qaeda, and that's a real statement. What the fuck? It was it was an actual thing. The Joker joined Al Qaeda so he could have um like political immunity. What's it called? Amnesty. Diplomatic immunity. Diplomatic, Diplomatic immunity. immunity. And then he uh, he kidnapped the Jason Todd, the second Robin, uh, took him to the Middle East, beat him to death with a crowbar, and then blew him up. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's a real thing that happened. And you know what the worst part about it was? It was a um an issue where at the end of the issue, right before he died, there was two phone numbers and it said on the page, if you want Robin to survive the Joker's attack, call this number. And if you want him to die, call this number. And there were so many people calling the other number that they were like, Alright, he's just gonna fucking die. There were wow. people, there were grown men with jobs and, and educational degrees who were sitting at their, like, law offices with, like, you know, those automated, like, phone number dialers dialing the Kill Robin number for 24 straight hours. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and paying for the charges. They paid, like, hundreds of dollars in 1980s money, which is, like, you know, a grand in modern money to kill Robin. What the uh, fuck? Michael, I saw you. People didn't like Jason Todd very much. People didn't like Jason Todd because he was kind of just a clone of Dick Grayson. I guess. Um, he only Jeez. existed because Dick got his own book with the Teen Titans. Um, but they needed a Robin because Robin was telling the story. So they just came out and kind of made a carbon copy of Robin, named him Jason. And then it was like, yeah, it's a new did you want to say something michael go ahead yeah i was gonna say that it was uh it was speculated that most of the people that wanted to kill robin were not like individual callers and were just like the same person calling over and over to try and kill robin yes and also some of them were people who worked for dc wow um i don't remember which author it was i want to say i want to say it was neil at or no it was who was it one of the right, one of the main writers for DC at the time suge- suggested the idea that Robin can tr- would contract the AIDS virus <laughs> and die of AIDS. What? Whoa! As a PSA, an anti, because it was like Reagan era anti-AIDS PSA. Like, look, solidarity for AIDS victims. Wow. They were like, we want to give a DC character AIDS. They ended up not going through with it. But there was a huge push in DC editorial offices where they were like, give Jason AIDS. I want this fucker to die. Yeah, yeah, I want see, him to but... die of AIDS. <laughs> the, the, so wild. The great thing going with uh, um, uh, both Death in the Family and Back to the Future, um, which, which, which are two completely, which are only like connected to them using the Middle East. It's such a time capsule to go back and look at the 80s where it's like, yeah, Joker just joined Al-Qaeda. They bought plutonium from the, uh, uh, like, what was it, like, Libyan terrorists or whatever. Oh, it was, it was apparently, um, 
the they were gonna give Jason AIDS, and then they were like, no, we're gonna give Jimmy Olsen AIDS, and then they didn't give either of them AIDS because they decided it might be a bad idea. Ironically, a famous sidekick in DC later contracted AIDS, like a decade later. Um, the second Speedy, she has AIDS, and that's like a thing. Um, but yeah, Jason died. Um, so this was set up to be, because this is like fresh off the plate. Like Jason had just died when this comic came out. Like he was like, he was still warm. And they're like, all right, so we're going to make this story. That's kind of a deconstruction of DC at the time. Um, cause like at the time, the comic book characters, because of everything going on in like the cold war and like, you know, Reagan era, United States, um, a lot of the DC characters that were popular were kind of going in a little bit of a, like a, like a, I don't want to say the F word, but kind of a fascist kind of like, we are the government. And we're going to, like, control what people do kind of way. Especially That's with not the F word I was thinking you were going to use. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, I was, uh, I was about to get on your ass about that. Yeah, what, this is I, yeah fascist. what other F word would I would have said? Uh, I don't know. If foolish? If you think I'm going to use an F word and Ronald Reagan in the same word and it's not fascist, then you, you don't know me. <laughs> okay, okay. Just making sure. Um, so yeah, especially like Superman at the, at the time period was very much kind of like a dog of the military, like government. Um, and people really didn't like that at the time, especially in DC, which is where most of Superman's characterization comes from in the story. Um, Batman retires, you know, he's sad because Jason died and then mutants start terrorizing Gotham. Batman's got to come out of retirement after, uh, putting down Two-Face again. Uh, but this Batman is kind of, he's different than, you know, your, your dad's, your dad's Batman. This Batman is a little unhinged and is kind of violent. And that's where the Dark Knight Returns comes into play. I, just, I know I said we were going to talk about the killing joke first, but I changed my mind because this came first in chrono- chronological order of the real world. So I'm talking about this first. So the Dark Knight Returns. Written and drawn by Frank Miller. Mm-hmm. I like it. I think it's pretty good. I don't think it's perfect, but for it's it is the first modern Batman story. Just straight up the first. This is what made Batman into what he is now. Um, which is cool. I have a lot of respect for Frank Miller as an author, um, and especially as an artist. Um Frank Miller is a very tragic story of how he kind of fell from grace in the eyes of the comic fan, both in art and writing. Um, but 80s Frank Miller is like, I don't want to say the best to do it in the comic industry, but he's like top three for me. Um, so we'll, we'll pat Kai. I know you, you, from Dude. what you, you sounded like you said, or you sounded like before we started recording, it sounds like you didn't like this. I didn't what? like it. I really didn't like it. Okay. You're going to hate me for this opinion. Go for it. No. <laughs> okay. So I thought that it was like, it veered between being boring and insane at all times. And that was weird and jarring. 
I really didn't like the art style. Like I thought it was really grody um, and it took me out of it. And it just felt, I don't know, like the, the panels were quite hard for me to follow. I, that's probably just a me thing because there's a lot of comics and like, oh, no, where I, I, really I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah, me okay. too. Okay. Yeah, the lettering okay. of this, the lettering of both of these things made me lose my mind. Oh. I will get more into detail on my oh. own personal opinion once the it's lettering. my turn, but I agree. I the agree. Lettering. The lettering of The Dark Knight Returns is the lettering that inspired Comic Sans. Damn. I'm just talking about how the words are laid out, buddy. Uh, I'll get to it when I get to it, well, but just, I'll, I'll let Kai another... take the I'll let Kai take the plate again. That's just another fact about the story that I didn't list. I just wanted That's to interesting. Yes. But yeah. I mean that was the main gist of mine. Are there things that you did like about it? Um, what I liked did the you like about it, and what I liked the like? grittiness. Mm-hmm. I thought it's that gritty. was interesting. Um, I like all of the like r- references. Sounds like the wrong word, but like commentary on the political problems of the time and like the Cold uh-huh. War. Uh-huh. Um, I appreciate the messaging of like, you know, oh, we don't really like superman being uh just an agent of the state because that would be Um, kind of horrible (laughs) uh, let's let's be real it's not an agent of the state he's an agent of ronald reagan literally specifically that's true ronald reagan's like superman go deal with batman and he's like yes Mm -hmm. sir uh yeah yeah. that's rough is there anything (laughs) else you'd like to add that was about it. That'll do me for now. I th- I think a lot of my stuff is like spoiler focused. Sergio, I'm assuming you liked it because it's because you're a, you're a DC head. I love this book. I love the I love this book. I love so the good. animated movie. Um, I really really enjoy um like the store like the art like uh top like 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 the 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 the, the cover of the first issue with Batman and the lightning. It's one of my favorite covers. Oh, for um, sure. Uh, like the where Batman and Ke- Carrie Kelly are like jumping in action, and just the quote of like when he breaks the rifle and he's like, "This is the weapon of the enemy." Like that mm-hmm. sticks with me a, a lot. Uh, and also, um, the the Mecha Batsuit, one of my favorite Batsuit designs, and I'm so glad that BVS like made that a real thing. Mm-hmm. Also. That's a good point. The the breaking the gun. This is the weapon of the enemy. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on this. But I'm pretty sure this is the first time in any Batman media that Batman has ever explicitly stated that he's against guns. Because in the 40s, Batman used guns. And in the 50s, when when the Comic Code of Authority cracked down on violence in comic books, whole thing. Um, and comic books went from like serious to like jokey, like the Adam West cartoon. Obviously, Batman would mm. use a gun. You know, can't show that in yeah. Christian manga. Um, but this is the first time where it's definitively stated, um, yeah, Batman does not shoot people. Batman does not kill, generally speaking. Um, obviously, he didn't for decades in the in the past, but that's just because, you know, censorship and comic books don't really let you. Yes. But like this, and then um, if we ever read, if we ever go back to read year one, um, little bit of a spoiler, obviously, but you know the Batman origin story of his parents get shot in Crime Alley, yada yada. That was written by Frank Miller almost immediately after he wrote this, after Crisis of Infinite Earths. 
And that was like when year one is supposed to be like the Batman origin story. And that's another thing where he took from this non-canon Batman story. Batman doesn't kill. Batman doesn't shoot people. And he made it canon with the character. So that's like a written in stone law for Batman now. Batman does not shoot. Batman does not kill. Unless you're watching Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice. And he does both a lot. (laughs) A lot, a lot. Um, And yeah, so that's another interesting thing. You can go on now, Sergio. I just wanted to mention that. Um, that's basically all I was just saying. So, uh, I, I, I guess, like, I'll go into it, like, in the other sections, but, like, I, I really enjoy this book. I really enjoy, like, the world. Um, the art is, like, I can understand if you're not big on the art of this, but I, I enjoy it for the most part. I don't like how certain things look, but I didn't really have a problem with the lettering or the, uh-huh. uh, um readability of it um i got through it pretty pretty i just well, i guess i just love frank miller i think his art style even like when it got uglier like is because it, it's definitely ugly now um but like even in this like this is almost peak miller art if you guys hate the how the hate this story kai if you hate this story we're not going to read the sequel because okay. the sequel is one of the worst comic books to ever be published by DC. No, I, I don't recommend anybody read the sequel. I yeah, what's the sequel? No, it's called The Dark Knight Strikes Again, and it is one of the most incoherent babble comic books of all time. This okay, was, yeah, no thanks. Um, context: um, Frank Miller went crazy after nine eleven because he lived in New York City when it happened. Um, bummer. Very sad. Um, but he made the Dark Knight Returns sequel, The Dark Knight Strikes Again. Um, it got heavily reworked after 9-11 and basically just became incoherent nonsense. Um, and then he tried to make a third one and it was so racist against Middle Eastern people that DC refused to publish it. And then he published it as his own thing. Um, not a Batman story, but it was, it was like Batman versus Al Qaeda and Batman just like went to the Middle East and just murdered a bunch of uh middle eastern people well i mean they brought him back to do a third dark knight book. yeah but that was like in 2018 yeah 2015 to 2017 however it is called dark knight 3 the master race so you know that's uh, (laughs) it's referring to kryptonians not like yeah white people Mm -hmm. but you know still still insane to be honest um yeah no but uh but yeah Sergio, do you have anything else you'd like to wrap up with this before we move on to Matt's dis- uh, feelings on the matter? Uh, I'm I'm a big uh, Green Arrow fan, uh, so I, I was glad that he was included in this, and I'm glad in Legends of Tomorrow they kind of adapted the one-armed Green Arrow for, like, an episode. Isn't he, all, isn't he also blind, or am I wrong about that? I think he's just missing an arm. Okay. I might be thinking of Hawkeye goes blind in Old Man Logan and also is missing an arm. Also, if archers. Also, if if uh, for those of you in the call who have seen Teen Titans, you probably aren't aware of this, but there is a Dark Knight Returns episode in the one where like they go to the dystopian future. There are members of the mutant gang who are terrorizing Beast Boy. Yeah, and also the Batman the Animated Series. Um, there's an episode, I don't remember the context of the episode, I think, like, there's, like, in-universe, like, movies about Batman being made, and one of them is an adaptation in 
kind of like the writing style of the Batman the Animated Series of the scene in the mud pit with the mutant leader, uh, which is cool. But yeah, Matt, yes. what are your thoughts right. on the so, Return? So, so first, I'm going to make my personal comment on the art. Um, audience, please, uh, if you will, Google Batman's face, The Dark Knight Returns. Okay, get a picture up there. It might be the one from the animated one. That's fine. It still gives you the gist. Like, I, I want you to notice the shape of his head, his overall face, right? Just the, the shape really of his angular. chiseled jaw. Yeah, he's got, he's kind of got. And um, now I want you to type into Google, uh, as I say uh, directly into another tab, uh, the letters U R A G A A N space Monster Hunter. Uh, now I would like you to just take him. Yeah, Uragon yeah. Monster Hunter. And um, I'll post it in general here just for everybody who's too lazy. Um, you know, I'm just going to put that out there. I'm just, I'm just putting <laughs> that out there. That was on my mind the entire time I read this book. Also, because I'm going to... Because jaws are made of granite. I'm going to say it so no one else... Just in case no one else made the connection. Any fairly odd parents watchers in the call? Is this Jorgen Von Strangle? Is this where you're going with this? The Crimson Chin. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> That's what I thought of instantly. Okay. Yeah, yeah I thought he, of that too. Also, I mean, also Jorgen, chins. but yeah, he does love um, his chins. Uh, I think the only real downside I was saying to his art is he almost has same face. He loves this chin style so much. Like everybody has this grizzled, chiseled jawline, including the 13 year old girl. And it's just kind of weird. Okay. It, it was just kind of weird. You have to give uh, you have to give a shout out to that first panel of Superman where his hair is just going fucking crazy. I also love <laughs> yeah. they replicated that in the movie too. Oh, also, yeah. what the fuck is up with Alfred's head? His head? Yes, yes. Here, I thought we were... Very, very we're just roasting the art this entire time no i th this is my just thoughts on the art just very quickly at this at the front here these are just my two thoughts oh my gosh uh anyways um i didn't even think about it was that good to be honest overall i thought it was a good comic book overall yeah mr pringles looking ass alfred um the art distracted <laughs> me at some times but the art also drew me in very heavily at times it was like either punching me in the gut it was so good or punching me in the balls it was painful the story i think as I Jacob think said, is interesting painful, but that, that's just I, me. the tell me that the winking face of superman in the last two pages is comfortable to you uh-huh anyways um like I, I liked it overall. I think Jacob definitely gave a good introduction that this does set the stage for a lot of future Batman stories. Um, I think overall, what I liked a lot was the artistic use of language at certain points, even though it definitely gets a little hectic in the more action-heavy scenes. I love the shot most of all of the whole of the whole thing when Batman comes back. And he's got the striking blue costume. He's jumping out of the darkness and he's saying the rain on his chest is his baptism. I love that shot. So can, much. can I just say real quick? Yep. I will never forgive the director of the hit movie, 2023 movie, The Flash, for making the first ever live action adaptation of the blue bat, uh, bat suit 
the the one in the flash because that is the worst live action bat suit that's ever been made <laughs> and it's not a contest <laughs> ben affleck bat blue bat suit from the flash is so ugly that it looks even less like a bat suit than the dark knight bat suit which doesn't have a bat symbol ouch hold on my fucking headset is having a stroke i need uh seriously can you pause it real quick push headsets and uh yeah um any closing like thoughts that. matt no, I'll 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 get it. Uh, I think we need to keep it smooth going into this since we're reviewing two books today. Yeah, I know. I All like right. that. Doodle Bob. I honestly did not think this book aged well. This book was, I I like the first like, I think this goes for both books, but the writing, great. The art, great. Combined, kind of bad. I, I think this I wouldn't say this is like the worst comic book ever written, but I would say that this is like the worst comic book I think I've ever read because it was so hard to follow. And I'm not sure if that's just because I'm more used to like modern graphic novels and manga where the flow of uh, information is more coherent. You... But maybe it's just the fact that this is like an old ass book and I'm just not, you know, I'm not able to enjoy it because I'm not used to this sort of thing. But it's weird because I enjoyed year one. So I was like, okay, you know, this should be up my alley. No, I don't know. Like I had, I struggled reading this book. There are a lot of parts where like, I really liked it. Like the bat, like the, I, the rain is my baptism scene. That was really cool. I like when the art is able to speak. It's honestly really, really cool. It's when they add the lettering that it, I think it distracts from it and it becomes like kind of a slog to read. Mm-hmm. And I think another issue of this is uh, this is like this being an introduction to somebody f- to Batman is honestly the worst decision you could ever do because you need the context of why this book exists. This was meant to reintroduce the darker, more mature version of Batman. So if you already are familiar with modern day Batman, this only serves as like a sort of like a time capsule of like, oh, this is where it all started. Like, I I don't like it's it's a good story, but not a good comic book is the best way I can describe it. And I know that it's like super important to like the DC universe and like Batman as a whole. But there if, if I was, you know, tasked to read this outside of you know the podcast i think i would have taken so much time that i would have just watched the comicsology version where i just get like the the like the recap of what happened it's again i don't hate it but i also didn't like it mm-hmm. yeah i think it's seeing it through a modern perspective kind of changes the reaction to it that's reasonable um, I had something to add. I don't remember what it was now. Fuck. Um, what was it? Oh, I really don't remember what I was about to say. It's really bothering me. All right. Oh, do, sucks to um, suck, man. Do you have anything else you want to add? Uh, I did not mind the art. I'll, I'll just say that. I did I not mind the art. Frank Miller I... has this r- very rough art style. Whenever he draws things that I just think is phenomenal. Especially, like, when you get into, like, um, maybe we'll read it on the podcast. May- probably not, to be honest, because it's kind of aged a little poorly. But, like, his work on, uh, on Sin City, 
um, is probably some of his best published work in comics, in my opinion. The art specifically, the story not so much, um, but you know, overall. But I will say, um, since my hand is raised and I have the floor for a moment, um, shout out to The Dark Knight Returns for introducing the first female Robin. Um, Carrie yeah. Kelly, not canon. Yes, that was based. I'll she, admit that. That was based. Carrie Kelly was kind of canon for a little bit, but now she's but she's not. Like, de- definitively not, I'm pretty sure. Um, okay. Well, she inspired Stephanie Brown's Robin in the brief time where she was Robin when Tim Drake quit in the early 2000s. We had a, we had a female Robin back then. Um, and then she died or something. Uh, and then she got erased from DC Canon for like 10 years and now she's back, but she's Batgirl now. And so, you know, fucking yeah, that, that, those are my thoughts. I'll pass it on to Sean now so we can smoothly transition into the spoiler section. Yeah. Go for it. Um, we have way more questions than this. We got to get, we, but they're shorter questions, so it's good. Yeah, I actually, well, I guess it's good that I, I don't have that much to say about this one, to be honest, or the killing joke, but definitely not compared to how, what I had to say about Watchmen, but uh, I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, I like the art style a lot. I think uh, I think it's grittiness and the way it uses very pale, um, kind of uh, very like post-apocalyptic kind of looking colors. I don't know if that's a great way to describe it, but yeah, it like just they're out. very pale and, and dire, and I kind of enjoy that. It really matches the story itself. It seems like the perfect kind of book where they where they touch up the colors twenty years later as like an anniversary really re release and then just ruin the art forever. Like yeah, exactly. It's a very good way to describe it. <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I I actually really enjoyed the uh, the panel style. How it's like four by four every single almost every single page and how they tell mm-hmm. the story through like the news for a good chunk of it. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, and doing everything four by four, it feels like almost a cop out at first, but they kind of use it in like, um, I don't know, they, it has a really interesting effect to me. It's like, uh-huh. I kind of like that. It's neat. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to add on the Dark Knight Returns? Not really. I don't have that much okay. else to say about it. All right. We'll speed run cool. everything um, that we, that up to important themes. I do have a little bit of a spiel to say about the themes. Um, and then we'll move on to the killing joke, which is a lot less convoluted to talk about, luckily. Uh, so favorite character. Um, I like, I like Batman. Batman. Sergio. Kai, actually. Kai's next. Kai, Um, what's your favorite character? Hmm. This I mean, easy, I, I feel like, because there's not a lot of characters. To I like Carrie Kelly. I think that was an interesting yeah, she, choice, although I did not realize that she was a girl when I first saw her on the page. I was like, oh, her name was yes, Carrie. that's just a little boy. <laughs> her name was but Carrie. It, but I, I think she's ballsy. True. I like that. Also, her being like the like sparkle of light joy to Batman's just like, this city is a plague and I need to fucking get rid of every single criminal and I will die before they take this city. And she's like, yeah. (laughs) 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 Awesome. Sergio. Uh, Batman. I mean, I, I, I loved this. I love this older grizzled take on Batman. I mean, I generally love like this sort of like hero retires, comes back Mm -hmm. out He's 60. His fucking knees are hurting him, but he's still got it. Uh, what and is then the obviously... quote from the fight with the mutant leader? This is an operating table, and I'm the surgeon. 
that scene that was raw <laughs> fuck yeah that was, that was really cool that's an all time that's an all time batman moment uh and obviously special shout out to carrie kelly both of them yeah. carry this thing yes i'm just gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna poise the question because i feel like it'll speed this up is anybody here's char- favorite character not batman or carrie kelly me yes interesting what about equinox I was gonna say Carrie Kelly. So, okay. Is there anything uh, also, uh, also, a special shout out to Ronald. Ra- no, I'm just kidding. Ronnie, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Everyone's favorite public restroom. My man. All right, uh, then we'll go. We'll go, Matt. Who is your favorite character? Uh, I thought Commissioner Gordon was an absolute gigachad in this one. He oh, yeah. he has a very interesting background arc through suffering in the societal dirge that the rest of Gotham has to, but he, you know, he tries to do the right thing whenever he can. It's just people keep not listening to him. Mm-hmm. Sean. Uh, I liked Alfred a lot. Uh, even though he was like very much a side character, uh, he was really funny in this. And I'm, that's probably how it is in most Batman media, but I have not yeah. consumed it, but all of Alfred's lines made me giggle. Uh, most of old Batman uh, stories, at least, because uh, Alfred has been dead since 2019, baby. Oh! Actually kind of permanent comic book death. There's nothing to celebrate, so... Uh, I do also... Ha- I do actually have a least favorite character that's a little bit more interesting to we'll talk about. We'll get the least favorite... Uh, oh, okay. I didn't know that was a question or not. Does anybody, yeah, it does. Nope. does anybody have a least favorite character? Yeah. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. <laughs> um, I hate him. I hate him so much. I would. Mine is probably Superman. I just really don't like the Superman of the eighties. Yeah, I, I, I'm so used to like good boy Superman, like especially with my adventures as Superman. That I'm just like, this is not, mm-hmm. this is not Clark Kent. Who the fuck is this imposter? It's kind of the era where Super where Superman kind of sidelined Clark, Clark Kent, and was just kind of Superman. Oh, you, you know what? This actually, uh, Superman being like this, uh, we could talk about this in the uh, the Killing Joke section. But Alan Moore very specifically did not like this version of Superman, like the one he had become, and he had an Alan Moore hater moment. We'll talk about it in the Killing Joke section. Fuck yeah. <laughs> this was uh john burns superman is i'm pretty sure who it's inspired yes. by like it's like directly based on john Byrne and how he wrote superman um and the, the fucking um frank miller was like can i make fun of your superman and john Byrne was like fuck yeah i don't care <laughs> <laughs> but yeah anybody sergio least favorite character uh yeah it would probably be like Superman. I mean, obviously, it's like th- th- this version. Like, like it's supposed to be a critique of a terrible version of Superman that had kind yeah. of like, become. Let's the- get it out of the way. Superman and Ronald Reagan are the bad guys of this book. Like, yeah. on like unironically, it's a it's a meme like Ronald Reagan, but it is literally Ronald Reagan, and it is literally he is the guy making Superman fight Batman. Like, that's a thing. Uh, Matt, least favorite character. Um, hmm, what am I thinking about here? Uh, Do you have any that matter, really, to be honest? Nothing that really matters, no. I think they're all pretty tightly written. I have one. Go for it. That's different. Go for I it. I don't like uh Dr. Wolper, like the guy who's, like, rehabilitating Harvey Dent and the Joker. Yeah, I don't yeah. like him. Yeah, that's fair. Because yeah, he was really, like, I don't know, just slimy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a good. That's a good answer. I like that. 
because I didn't really think about him at all, to be honest. But he he's is a little, kind of a piece of shit. But he works at Arkham Asylum, so that's kind of, you know, comes with the bill. Yes. Um, Equinox doodling ton. I just, Ronald Reagan. Oh, okay. I fucking hate him. I didn't know if you had anyone else to add besides Ronald Reagan. No, it's just Ronald Reagan. Sean? So I think Frank Miller does a really great job, especially in this comic, of making people like who are insane look kind of insane. Especially that one guy who went to the like porn feeder, um, that like with the big bulging eyes. I think he does a really good job of that. Um, but honestly, I really did not like uh, the Joker in this. Oh, I have to talk about the Joker when we talk about the themes. So don't worry, I'll get to okay. It. Well, that's good, but uh, I will say what I do, I uh, compared to the Killing Joke, especially, I felt like the Joker in this one. I don't know. One of the scenes where like you see him in full, you know, he's just got really broad shoulders and like thick legs, and it just like I always imagined a Joker as being very kind of gangly and like thin. Uh, I feel like that just fits him so much better with how he moves and acts. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like weird to see him with broad shoulders, like, uh, and also he just really looks just almost too normal in these shots especially the ones where he's in prison like his co- finely combed green hair you know it's uh, it's just well, he was uh, like i don't really like dead. it say again he was like brain dead and they they were like taking care of him. oh yeah he was like catatonic he was catatonic because the book batman yep. disappeared that was his whole arc he had no meaning. oh he had no meaning yep. without batman so he went ca- that's why his makeup wasn't done he was just pale and had green hair Okay, well, I take that part back then. <laughs> I didn't and then that. that was like an important part of the story. I mean, wow, I completely missed that. <laughs> John has been struck by the reading that's comprehension that's devil. Really, the reading comprehension devil got you. Shit. No, okay. I mean, it, it's, kind of, it, it's a little. It's a little. They don't like spell it. They out don't explicitly. say it until the very end. Yeah, but it's kind of where the Dark Knight like movie, the Christian Bale movie, where the bat, where the Joker's like, "You complete me," comes from. Because mm-hmm. um, that's basically how it is in the Dark Knight Returns. Like he's like the the Joker has nothing without the Batman, and when the yeah. Batman returns, he himself because literally the reason he becomes he stops being catatonic is because he's watching a news TV and they are like, "Look, the Batman's returned to Gotham," and then he's like, "He's like, fuck yeah." Huh? <laughs> Not I still don't like how the broad his shoulders are, but that's fair. I will say I don't think this is by any means my favorite rendition of the Joker. Um, we'll talk about the Joker when we talk about the Killing Joke because that's like the best Joker. Uh, we'll get to that. Anybody else want to say anything about a least favorite character? Sounds like no. All right, favorite moment. Uh, mine is the mud fight with the mutant leader. Yeah. Just, yeah, I also like cool. that one. The surgeon's line, like I mentioned earlier, is dope. Anybody else want to? The baptism rain thing. Yeah, 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 the baptism. There's a lot of really good scenes in this in this comic. The fucking the fight with Superman, like everything. Go for it. Sorry, uh, favorite moments? Any uh, Kai favorite moment? Um, mud fight. Mud fight. Uh, Serge favorite moment. Uh, I, I, either the either the mud fight or Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Matt, uh, do you have one that is? I said m- not the moment fight? with the Joker. The okay. end of the moment with the Joker. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Okay. And that's also Kai's, or am I mistaken? 
Am I schizoing right now? You're schizoing. What's your been schizoing? I'm schizoing. I'm sorry. I've had a long day. I'm very wired. Kai, what is your favorite moment? I already he said already it. said his favorite moment. Oh, oh, I'm fucking. I'm just move on to the next question, buddy. We all <laughs> answered. Sean hasn't answered. Uh, maybe not my favorite moment, but uh, the mine would probably be the Joker thing. But another moment okay. I did really like was the last scene with Alfred, which I will not spell out because spoilers. But I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. All right. You should also make sure you get Kai's because I don't know if we got to that one yet. Yeah, yeah I don't think you got Kai's. Kai, what's your favorite moment? Why don't you tell us, buddy? Yeah, I'll tell you. It's the mud fight. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Hold on. Before we move on, I think we need to get Kai's anybody one last have, time. Anybody have a distinct <laughs> least favorite moment? I don't. Yes. Book. Kai. My contrary thing is the thing that happens to the Joker. Okay. That we okay. keep alluding to. That's yeah. my least favorite. We'll get into why you don't like it in the spoiler segment. Uh, my least favorite is when the Joker walks out and he's got broad shoulders. Come on, we have an order. Oh, I thought that you. I thought we were going freestyle because you didn't want to go through everyone because no. we're trying no, to be no, no, Okay. <laughs> I mean, go fast, but still follow the order, so we have structure. Okay, right. gotcha. We're, we're keeping the structure. Who's next? Who's next? That would be Sergio. Do you have least favorite moment, buddy? I. Al? Do not. I don't either. As I said, I'm losing my mind. Matt. <laughs> uh, any particular shot where Carrie is drawn somewhat oddly thick is one I'll say. Yeah, I don't know why that weird. happens in this book, but they were weird. It says comic weird. books up, up until honestly, really recently have a weird thing with sexualizing minor characters. It's weird. Anyways, yes. that's my that's my thing. Uh, Doodle Bob. Everything was Superman. Really? Yeah, I don't like the Superman. That's fair. And anything with I Ronald mean, did you Reagan like the actual yeah. fight? Yeah, the fight was cool. I just don't like Superman. I mean, yeah, you're not supposed to like him in this, so that makes sense. Uh, Sean, least favorite moment besides wide shoulders? If the Joker the, isn't a twink, I'm not interested. The Joker being built like a JoJo character? My man. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk about the important themes of this book. Um, obviously rebirth is a very important, Batman is reborn. It's very important scene, the baptism and everything. Um, cold war, cold war. Yeah. Another eighties comic. That's about the cold war. Fucking shocker guys. Are you right? Am I right? <laughs> yeah, All right. But I have to talk about something that I don't think has aged very well. And that is the Joker's relationship with the Batman. Yeah. It was not okay. First of all, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface it with this. Frank Miller is many things. Racist, maybe. He's not homophobic though. However, the idea of the, the Joker's relationship with Batman in this story is meant to be an allusion to homosexuality. Not in a negative light, per se. What? Was, the the idea is the Joker, the reason that he's so obsessed with batman is kind of out of a love for batman not like a strict like not it's it's not like it's more it's allegorical regular love. love it's a fun it's not so allegorical like, love so like the lego batman movie but like done worse it the lego batman movie was inspired by this so yeah okay um, yeah the, the whole idea that batman like they're kind of destined to be each other's other person in the sense of they're like the rivals of each other they are always opposing each other. Their lives revolve around each other. 
Um, which is why the final scene with the Joker, without spoiling anything, takes place within the Tunnel of Love. I do think that's a very good, interesting idea to set the context of the relationship. Because most of the Joker's relationship with Batman in the modern day, again, is inspired by how their relationship is in this. However, it's got a little bit of that, like, 80s-ism, where the Joker's kind of like flamboyant and like he wears makeup and he's kind of like girl we're gonna Dude, do I'm down all for these people like I'm down kind for of too. i don't want to say i don't want to say drag queeny joker but he's like he's kind of i loved it when he was like hand me my lipstick yeah <laughs> just just watch the lego batman movie i hear it's really good and it also has a lot of sexual tension between I, two plastic characters i don't want to watch the lego <laughs> batman movie because it's, it's good for children, and I want to watch Batman. I spit on you. I spit on you for older children, which makes it cool. <laughs> so I just don't care Damn. about Lego, like the Lego Movie or the Lego Batman Movie, because like <laughs> it's something I care about. Uh, yeah, I think it may it may not have aged well, but it was a positive ish representation of homosexuality in the eighties. Um, and considering the whole Reagan thing going on at the time, there's kind of a reason that it was there. Um, and that's all I will say on the matter. I will not say if it was a good or a, a bad representation for any way. I don't think we should because it's not our place to comment on it. Um, but I do think it may not have aged the best in the modern day. I'm going to say it's definitely not a remotely healthy relationship. Yeah, that, no, it's not uh, meant to be healthy. It's It's definitely not a healthy relationship it's a toxic relationship obviously. i don't know what you're talking Batman about this is my ideal has a toxic <laughs> relationship with most people he fights um thank you for that uh post sean do you do you want to be the batman or the joker i'll yeah. take either role top or bottom whatever which one whatever presents me actually the joker i'll be the joker anybody else okay. want to throw in some uh some themes they think they picked up from this Besides, like, Rebirth uh, and... The ends justify the means, kind of, again? I feel like that's that fascism makes sense with Batman a lot. Fascism is bad. <laughs> Randomomics yeah, were cringe, is one of the morals. I've got one. Sure. Media bad. Media true, media bad. That is yeah, okay. the whole story was told through the uh, the eyes of the news. Yeah, that's like big. a tabloid-esque news organization that's like, maybe Batman sucks, actually. Even though he's helping her. <laughs> Although Batman does kind of suck in this, to be fair. Like, he does it's kind suck of vague. But um, worth reading? I'd say it's definitely worth reading. Maybe not as your first Batman comic, um, but just in the, in the greater realm of the character, there are significantly worse Batman stories in this one to read as the first Batman story. And overall, this story is a classic. I love it. Kai... Do you think it was worth reading? I would say it was worth reading. Even though I didn't like it, a lot of my criticisms are very specific to my own particular tastes. Um, so I would say it's worth reading just as like a cultural phenomenon and learning about Batman and sort of uh-huh. the historical progression. And also of comic books as a whole, to a lesser extent. Yes. Um, yeah. Anybody? Let's go. Sergio, I'm assuming you think it's worth reading. I definitely do. Uh, okay, Matt. 
Are you I'm glad you read it? Not worth reading. No, I'd say um, I'd say there's two values I'll give it. One is the value as just a story, and two is the value as a uh, historical document. I'll say uh, of how things can be changed when mm-hmm. you want to change the status quo. Because, like you said, Jacob, this kind of altered the entire status quo of Batman as a whole, which is interesting yeah. because. People always want everything to change all the time for a lot of reasons, for a lot of different things. But comic books don't almost. Like, I could get into a fucking 45-minute conversation about modern DC and modern Marvel editorial, refusing to move the status quo, but I won't because, you know, I'll do that in another episode where we read Mm -hmm. something more recent. But the fact that, like, this... What this made Batman become is just what people think of when they think of Batman now. Yep. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Cause it's a three issue. It's not long. It doesn't have the best art in the world. It's not the best written story. But what it's done is it's 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 taken this character and it's reimagined him to be a titan of not just the comic book industry, but of pop culture as a whole. And that's incredible. And that's why I think Frank Miller is one of the best comic book authors of all time. Nice. Michael, do you have anything to add? Uh, I would, I'm going to say I would not recommend you read this book unless you already have a deep, passionate love for Batman or you care about the historical it, like value of this story. If you already are familiar with modern Batman and you just want like, you want like to dip your toes into like, you know, baby's first Batman, there's way better stories to start with. Like, uh, <laughs> you're one. But outside of that, um, it's like, it's it's influential, but it's, I don't think it's worth reading in this time and age. I was very tempted to have us read both Year One and The Killing Joke instead of this and The Killing Joke. But I, the way, because I gave, for, for people who weren't one of us for when we set up this episode, how I did it, is I put two books together. I put A Serious House on Serious Earth, Arkham Asylum, and Batman Year One together. And that was the thing I raised my hand for for Michael earlier. If you don't like the, the paneling and the lettering of this book, then you are going to hate A Serious House on Serious Earth. Yeah. Um, but I think that's was, kind of the purpose in that two one. two stories where it was, it was a solid, like, groundbreaking Batman story, like, for the, the canon and everything of Batman, year one. And then a little more out there choice, which was series house. And this one, the more grounded choice was the killing joke. And the little more out there choice was, um, was the dark Knight returns. I would say the best two to read. If you want to get into Batman is the killing joke and year one. But if we did that as just both the stories, I feel like it would be a little bit of a less interesting episode, which is why I chose to put these two together and the other two together. I don't know if you guys agree with that decision, but um, that's why I made us read the things we did. We and, just got to read the other ones so we yeah, can see we'll if we agree one. with the decisions. Yeah. <laughs> um, Sean, do you have anything else? Any final notes you'd like to put on the spoiler-free section of The Dark Knight Returns? I personally can't... like I. This was good, and I certainly think it's worth reading. If you're listening to this right now and you think it'll be interesting to you, then you definitely should read it, like without a doubt. But personally, I can't imagine a world or a scenario where I would actively recommend this to anyone, to be honest. That's fair. 
Um, I, I don't know. I like the killing joke a lot better. And this is it, this was pretty good, but like it didn't do that much for me. Not as much as most uh, a lot of other comics have. Yeah. Which is a really good segue into the other book that we read, guys. I did that on purpose. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Do you like, have your own podcast? You're so good at this. <laughs> I did. And now nobody knows it ended. Well, we do. <laughs> That's true. You do. All right, let's talk about The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke is another formative, very important Batman story. However, uh, similarly to The Dark Knight Returns, it was published as its own story, kind of a one-shot, unlike The Dark Knight Returns, which was three issues. So one-shot. Four issues. Not Four? My bad, four. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the same number, if you think about it. Uh, the, yeah. the Killing Joke is a one-shot it was intended to be a non-canon Elseworld story similarly to The Dark Knight Returns, just about the Joker and just his the, his cruelty and kind of an idea of what his backstory could be and Batman's relationship with him very similarly to The Dark Knight Returns. See how I did that? Isn't that interesting? Yeah. They both yeah. kind of talk about the Joker's relationship with Batman and they're kind of similar in how they show it. This was written after... Dark Knight Returns, two years later, 1988, by Alan Moore. If you uh, read Watchmen, you should know that name. Um, written by the same guy. Uh, it was inspired... Actually, the artist came up with the story originally, Brian Bollard. Balland. Brian Bolland. My bad. Um, he watched the 1928 silent film, The Man Who Laughs, which is this... Uh, German expressionist silent film about a guy with a weird-looking face uh, falling in love with a woman. And the, the design of the man in the movie, Gwyn, Gwynplaine? Am I reading that right? Uh, his design inspired the look of the Joker in this story. And so he went to Alan Moore and was like, Hey, Alan Moore, uh, we should use this to kind of because you know the whole thing of the man who laughs it's kind of the tragic tale of love for this disfigured individual what if we took that idea and we put it into a a batman comic with the joker we kind of came up with a idea of the origin story of the joker it's not before you ask it's not the definitive origin of the joker some comics like it is but the whole idea of the joker's backstory is that it's multiple choice as stated in this comic. Um, yeah. Um, but basically, it's just about, the, you know, what turned the Joker into the Joker. His bad day. His one bad day that they pushed throughout the book the whole time. Um, and then him trying to take that trauma that was put upon him and putting it upon Commissioner Gordon and Batman kind of experiencing the same kind of trauma that Gordon is going through by trying to stop the Joker. Um, I will say of all Batman comic books, I want to say that the killing joke is probably my favorite Batman comic of all time. Damn. I I can't think of any other Batman comic sticking out to me. Um, that is better. Ironically, um, unlike The Dark Knight Returns, which is one of the best animated Batman films of all time, 
the Killing Joke has one of the worst animated Batman films of all time. So that's a little interesting. <laughs> yes, that's rough. Um, you should never watch the Killing Joke movie. It's fucking terrible because it, you know it's only one issue. It's fifty pages. They couldn't really make a whole movie out of it. So the first forty-five minutes of the movie is just fan fiction about Batman and Batgirl uh, having sex. I have a That's I have a qu- I have a question and it it also has to do with the movie because Kevin Conroy is the voice of Batman in the yeah right? it was one of the things he said was his last reprisal as Batman which was a lie so when I read The Dark Knight Returns I read Batman's voice in Peter Weller's voice if you don't know who Peter Weller is he was RoboCop he plays him in the Dark Knight Returns movie and it goes hard so that's that's my voice for like older Dark Knight Returns Batman but as soon as I started reading this comic I heard Kevin Conroy Oh, for sure. Yes. Well, Ke- Kevin Conroy like is the Batman voice actor. Like, definitively speaking, Kevin Conroy is more Batman than any other actor on the planet, in my opinion. He really captures him in a way that I think it, nobody even, else really. I does. mean, even more so. Like Adam West, like people are like, oh, he's Batman because you know the funny card. But like, he's 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 Batman as like the character, not like <laughs> the person. Kevin Conroy perfectly. If you if you don't know, by the way, voice actor from the Dark Knight or not the Dark Knight, the Batman the Animated Series, Arkham Asylum, Arkham City, Injustice question mark, so on and so forth. Incredible, incredible voice of Batman. Yep. Um Yeah, but the and, uh the yeah. The, the, the thing that's with me, because it's very particular with me, I don't usually ascribe voices to characters in my head, but for some reason, my brain said, Batman is going to sound like Kevin Conroy. Because like when I read like New 52 Batman, my brain was like, yeah, you're just going to read in your own voice. Very specifically, Kevin Conroy started speaking to me in my brain, and that was weird. Uh-huh. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, that, that sounds that's manic. Not, that's crazy, because that's just what I hear when I read, is I just hear voices. I hear when I'm not reading sometimes. <laughs> yeah, in my little headset when I talk to my friends on the computer. Uh, yeah, yeah, that. that. <laughs> Hi, what were your thoughts on The Killing Joke? I'm assuming it's uh, you liked it more than The Dark Knight Returns. I loved it. I loved it. Um, I really liked the art style. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked the dark and like gritty aspects of it. And I liked uh-huh. seeing more into like joker's character because you know he's he's kind of like a cultural icon along with batman yeah but like i didn't really know much of anything about him like i I knew a lot more about batman going into it than i did about the joker so it was interesting to see sort of like the introspection on what might be his backstory can i ask all the people who had never experienced batman before this can i ask you a question yes Yes. Can you see where the elements from The Dark Knight Returns feed into this story? In your opinion? I haven't really thought about it. I also haven't but thought about it. Yes, it's actually. Like, it's like a definitive line. Like this like draw in in the in the zeitgeist of Batman stories, you can draw a direct line from The Dark Knight Returns to Batman Year One and then to this. I mean you can probably even skip Batman Year One, like almost straight arrow, just like Joker Batman story. Yeah, uh, sort of. Yeah. Especially the idea of uh, something that the uh, the Dark Knight Returns covers a little bit. The the relationship between Batman and Joker and the fact that it um, is kind of just a cycle of violence and a cycle of death. 
the obsession torture, the obsession and the pain caused by the obsession. that definitely comes through yeah um and yeah i don't know i just i didn't know if you guys had ever if you guys thought of that while you were reading this or anything like that michael do you have anything to say about it or not I mean, I, I thought you were going to go for Sergio next in the order. No, or... I just wanted to ask this to you guys since it's kind of prevalent to the last thing we read before we started. Uh, I mean, it it didn't really come up in my mind because I read The Killing Joke before I read Batman, <laughs> the, uh, the Dark Knight Returns. Yes, so. so did I. Okay, so that did I as well. That makes sense. I will say, though, um, I didn't really think about, like, the Joker while I was reading it, but I did definitely see, like, you know where you would get Batman's personality coming directly from mm-hmm. Dark Knight Returns to Killing Joke. I will also it, say... Um, oh, sorry, go on. I was just going to say that because um, Batman had that sort of like darker persona in this one as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Also, um, if you guys didn't read or didn't... I guess you didn't notice when you read. Fun fact about The Killing Joke. The first page of The Killing Joke starts with the raindrops and if you go to the last page same same raindrops yes i I love that Mm -hmm. Uh, that, i love that kind of thing that's cool yeah um that's just a fun fact the whole story is you know the, the cycle of batman and the joker's relationship and it's played out literally in the story but also figuratively because the first panel and the last panel are the same it's a cycle um, so that's a fun fact. Sergio. So this is a story that I've always wanted to read because I like I've known about it. I've heard about it and I've gotten it through it osmosis through other Batman media because my introduction to Batgirl is not as Batgirl, but as Oracle already crippled by the Joker. So, yes, obvi- ob- obviously, that is how I see and view that character mostly because that's how I was introduced to that character in Batman Arkham Asylum. So it was really nice to get to, to, to read this book, and I loved it. Um, I loved, like, th- a lot of the story is told without any dialogue and just, like, the images or, like, the narration, mm-hmm. and I really liked that. I also loved that uh, Alan Moore kept a lot of the more ridiculous Batman lore. Like, he had Batmite and the little, like, picture that Bruce had on his desk, and that made me smile. And, of course, mm-hmm. there was the dinosaur in the background of the Batcave, and I, I, I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Also, I, I guess I should mention that um, Oracle, the Barbara Gordon, gets shot in this um, by the Joker. It's not really a spoiler because it's probably the most like well-known single incident of a Batman story, like of all time. Um, that's part of the thing. This was originally supposed to be not canon, like I said. The reason it was made canon is because people like the idea of Barbara Gordon permanently getting crippled by the Joker so much. That it became her character, kind of. Um, she was transformed from Batgirl into Oracle instead of her being a on the you know on boots on the ground fighter alongside Batman. She kind of became her. I don't want to use the the cringe line from that one superhero movie, uh, but she's kind of the the guy in the chair for the greater DC universe. She becomes one of the most What do you what do you mean cringe superhero movie? The guy in the chair from the from the cringe superhero movie? From uh, Spider-Man Homecoming? Uh, yeah, that's the one. I said what I said. I uh, okay, I disagree, movie. but all right. I know it's a good movie. It's just a little cringe sometimes. But uh it uh yeah. 
she the Bar- Barbara Gordon goes from like let's let's be real, kind of a B list character as Batgirl. Like she's you know she's a, will always kind of be overshadowed overshadowed by Batman as Batgirl into a character in the DC universe that was almost in every book. Oracle was kind of she was like the information person for the Justice League for Batman. Um, she even shows up in Blue Beetle, not the movie, but the the comic that the movie's based off of. She's the first person um, after the crisis to contact the Blue Beetle. Um, like, to, like that's how important she became. So it's kind of interesting um, in a a story that kind of uses this character. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, this female character is being used to push the plot forward instead of being like her own character of itself in the story but from that she kind of became uh one of the most important characters in the entire publishing history of dc and also um alan moore does also regret what he did to barbara gordon in this story a lot he he does not like that he used her to hurt another like use you know putting the female in peril to harm the the male characters trope um because like it is a trope like whether or not you like you think it's fine or not in used in this it is a trope that is used in a lot of media um but it did kind of turn out for the best for the character in my opinion until they undid it because they undid it of course they undid it it's fucking dc they can't stick to anything they do um, but for a while there, Barbara Gordon was a very interesting and, you know, important character. And that's an interesting aspect of this book that Sergio brought up that I just wanted to talk about. Um, Matt, you can have your thoughts on the book now. I'm sorry for talking so much. Uh, it's all good. Um, I was going to say, I, I, you unlocked a uh, memory from my past when we read this because I actually read this a long time ago maybe like 10 or so years ago when there was like you remember that giant stream of on youtube like comic book content channels coming online all at the same time like comic story and the like well i remember when they were coming online and i uh actually read this book because people were talking about it so so much i didn't really appreciate it when i first read it but i still liked it back then even and um it's just incredibly good. I love, love, love the art for it in the strikingly demonic ways that Joker is portrayed. This is like mm-hmm. pure evil Joker in certain shots, and I love that. But I think mm-hmm. the ending is maybe one of the most perfect ways to write a Joker and Batman interaction in any context for any reason. And I'll talk till the cows come home about that, so I'll save my breath for later on that. Uh-huh. All right. Um, who's next in my list? Michael, what were your thoughts? It was okay. I like when when the art was able to do what art does and use, you know, speak a thousand words within the form of pictures. It was it was really good. I like the writing of this story. I think that like this was the like the time where like you guys have your Kevin Conroy. I had Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill in the same time because yep. like you know, I'm used to hearing Mark Hamill as the Joker. Like, that's just sort of my definitive Joker. Yeah. Um, despite, like, my very faint familiarity with Batman. But it is what it is. Yeah, like, when the art was able to speak on its own and be its, you know, be able to tell the story, it was good. 
when the writing didn't uh when the writing flowed well through the art it was even better but it still had my issues of the last one where like the flow of information sometimes got botched down and it was kind of confusing to read happened a lot less in this one though Mm -hmm. but like overall like this is a really good book uh again i would not recommend it as a first time batman read because i think having some familiarity with the joker prior to this kind of makes this even better because like this is about the cycle of batman and the joker having it like an information about who the joker is as a newbie would probably be helpful even just outside of cultural osmosis but like you know it's it's a it's a good read. I liked it more than The Dark Knight Returns, and it was a fulfilling thing. And I hope that once we get to the spoiler question, we can all discuss how we thought the uh, how the how we thought the ending actually was. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right, Sean. Thoughts? Yes. No. Maybe. I really like this one. Um, I honestly really like the Joker. Like, I feel like the Joker is probably one of my favorite villains. I haven't actually consumed that much jo- that much Joker content. Uh, most of what I have consumed has just been through like those kind of comic book channels because I really love listening to that stuff. Um, uh-huh. But everything I hear about the Joker, I just I really enjoy him. Um, and I, I uh, if you know me in real life uh, and you hang out with me often, you'll probably hear me make jokes about the Joker extremely often because I it is just the funniest thing in the world to me to say that uh, if X happens, I'm going to become the Joker or something like that. You know, that's, that's um, crazy because we've been saying that for years. Before yeah, we- I'm <laughs> I definitely stole it from same. someone and then it became We're my personality. Same. We're the same. I've had people compare me to the Joker in some situations. Probably not seriously, but I took it to heart. Um, I I love I love the Joker. Uh, and reading this whole thing about the Joker, I feel like this was just a, a really fun, a really fun Joker. I like the the I, I like this a lot. It was cool. Yeah. Um, I love how he's drawn too. Anybody got a favorite character? The Joker. Like the Joker. Batman. The Joker. J- Joker really steals the show in this. Although I do like Batman in this. I don't like his bat symbol. It's really fucked up, and I don't like it. Uh, you know, but like the yellow is it the yellow? No, no, it's, it's like it's it's, the yellow. Oh, no, that's I've, weird. I've, I changed my mind. I agree. What the fuck? The, the, the bat emblem itself just looks weird, but I like the suit otherwise. It would look it wouldn't look as weird if it had the yellow, but it doesn't because this is when the Robin was dead and he was edgy. They took out the yellow. Um. Yeah, anybody have a favorite character that's worth talking about? Uh, I'm going to say Commissioner Gordon again. He is just a lad in this one. Not going to spoil it. I think you just like Commissioner Gordon. I do. When he's written well, he's he's kind of the foundation of society in a lot of ways as a writing device. I like like year one. I know who your favorite character on year one is going to be. Commissioner Gordon. We'll have to see. I, I think probably Batman is more my favorite character, but I think I think Commissioner Gordon deserves a, a, a holler. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's any characters that are worth listing as my least favorite. Um, I don't know about you guys. Agreed. There aren't Agreed. any Agreed. bad characters. Everyone's so tightly written. Yeah, I got. Mm-hmm. I actually got a real problem with uh, the 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 girl, uh, the white blonde girl who wears pink on the left in the Joker segments. <laughs> um, not a fan of her characterization. Really expected yeah. better of her, you know. Oh, uh, uh, Michael, wait, wait. Michael, least favorite and least favorite character. 
oh man, I sure liked uh, a character from Batman and my least favorite character. There's like four characters in this book. I know. I I didn't think you'd have any. I I will say that my least favorite thing to happen to a character, though, was what happened with Barbara. I I think that was way too much. I didn't like it. You know what? The author agrees, so. Yeah, me and the author can shake hands. I also kind of agree, but like it's also yeah, you know it's it's important read. to the history. It is hard to read, but it's kind mm-hmm. of the, it's not supposed it's to be the point easy of it. I yeah, that makes sense. But still. I really like that mo- that moment because well, I'll talk about it in the spoiler section. But I think it's it's <laughs> I love hurting women, <laughs> says Sergio. I <laughs> like it in the fact of like what it like, represents <laughs> as like kind of like an aspect of like. Even like like our heroes and stuff like that aren't like immune to having random acts of violence and random acts of senseless tragedy happen to them. Mm-hmm. It's also um, serves. I mean, I guess we have to talk about this in the themes, but it also just serves the narrative purpose of one of the themes that I'll mention later. Yeah, well, just, I'll just I'll set it up for now. I'll I'm not gonna, you know what? I'm not going to say favorite, least favorite moment because it's kind of just a story. It's not really... The whole story is the favorite moment. It is the moment. Let's just go... Themes. Let's go to themes now. Yeah, okay. Um, I think a big, big theme is... Um, Never mind, I lost it. Somebody else talking. I would say a very important theme of this story is the fact that um, the Joker is a flawed individual, absolutely. But Batman is too. Because the the whole concept, I mean, him walking into the asylum to talk to the Joker is, this is always, as long as my morals are the way that mine are and yours are the way that yours are, this is never going to end. I will never kill you and you will never beat me. So people are going to just for the rest of our lives, we'll ju- are going to be hurt where there are people are going to be tortured. They're going to be feel pain. Their lives are going to be ruined all because of my, my ideals versus your ideals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And ironically, I mean, the, 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 it doesn't get resolved without spoiling anything, but it, it doesn't. No, which kind of goes into the whole thing with the the story being a loop, like it, there's no real resolution to the conflict of the book. Like Batman saves the people who are in danger, the Joker goes back to jail, but it just happens again. Oh, I've got mine. I Go remember. For it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. Okay, so one of the major themes in here. Um, so the Joker keeps saying throughout this entire thing, like, oh, it just takes one bad day. It takes one bad moment mm-hmm. for you to just snap. And yeah. then we see with um, Commissioner Gordon what he has to go through. Come on. And then um, Jim, we're friends what, here. Okay. What Jim goes through <laughs> and then what Barbara question mark. Is that her name? Yeah, yes. Barbara. Yeah. Well, B- Jim and Barbara go through through this show that. In reality, it's actually what the opposite of the Joker thinks. You can have terrible, terrible things happen to you, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to snap if you have like a strong sense of like moral character. And yeah. I really liked that. I enjoyed that message. Yeah, I appreciate that too. I, I like that message. Also, it's worth noting that um like while Barbara in in Jim, like they make it through that event. One thing that's worth noting is that if you think about it joker's ideology kind of applies to batman as well yes because batman had one bad day and now he's permanently broken 
He never recovered. The death of his parents, he will never recover. He will but it made him better. better. Yeah, the, I, the, I mean, not really. The whole yeah. theme of the, the like the comparison of Batman <laughs> and Joker was something that was explored pretty prevalently within this book, and it yeah. was it was nice to see that sort of explored because I I do think that there is some merit to um the the you know the response of Joker to Batman mm-hmm. about one bad day, but. Right. I joke a lot about like, oh, we're the same. It's the same thing. Like these two things are the same. But in in the context of the story, what it is trying to tell us is that Batman and the Joker, they're they are the same. They are people yes. who are flawed individuals who are permanently damaged by a traumatic experience, and will never ever recover, and will never be able to live their lives the way that that they could have if it weren't for that one bad day. My, you raise your hand. Well, I was going to say, um, I started off by saying this one thing that people might not talk about a lot is uh, loneliness and being able to tackle problems in your life with other people. The critical difference, piggybacking off of what you guys said with Batman having one bad day too, uh, Batman in a lot of stories is shown to basically be the son of Alfred in a lot of ways. Alfred raises that kid, basically. Yeah. And, uh, Jim and Barbara have each other. Neither of them break because of the story's events because mm. they love each other and they have other people that they care about. They have they have a world outside of this dark tunnel they've been shunted into. They know that if they keep digging, they'll eventually get out. The Joker, I don't think, can believe that. That's sort of what the ending is about to talk about in a spoiler-free way, but the Joker fundamentally can't believe that. He fundamentally won't make that leap. Uh, Well, he has no support. If he believes that he can be redeemed, then his entire Mm -hmm. ideology falls apart. Same with Batman, to an extent. If If he believes the Joker can be redeemed, then his ideology falls apart. Well, Joker does believe uh, the Joker can be redeemed. Can be redeemed. I think you mean the opposite. The Joker can't be redeemed. I also uh, thought about something that I don't think I ever really like thought about, but also from the a a meta sense of you know Barbara and uh, Jim don't break is that as like from a writing standpoint, we didn't give up on Barbara after this story. Like this could have just been like off. Oh, Barbara Gordon got shot by uh, uh, the Joker. Oh, she's gone. Like, this wasn't a Jason Todd situation. This wasn't even, like, the the trope namer of the woman in the refrigerator. Like, you know, we never saw Kyle Rayner's girlfriend ever again. She was killed. You know, <laughs> she was shoved true. into a refrigerator and killed. That was the end. Barbara continued to exist as a character, and we didn't give up on them. Barbara it is crazy was that this happened the, first. And like that's not named after her. Oh, it's mm-hmm. oh this is this predates Woman in the Refrigerator by a decade. Oh, I didn't know that. Damn. But like Barbara was cool. Like 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 as a twelve year old seeing like this like uh, like this handicapped person in a central role in a Batman story like that's awesome. And there's even points where people break into the Batcave and Barbara's got a fucking shotgun and she's like, "I'm not going down without a fight." Like that's just awesome. Like that part of her character that grew up from this is really cool. Yeah, I agree. Does anybody else want to throw in their, their hat in the ring for the themes, or should we get to the spoiler E section? Because we have been recording for a long time. Um, we do need to talk about spoiler shit still. So does anybody else want to add anything? I don't want to like shut you guys up, because I did most of the talking, 
So this is my. Yeah, fault. this was a Jake Ramble episode. This was. It's a, okay. This is about your. This is about your interests. This, this is your a, book. This club. was a Jake directing the book club, so we have a direction episode. I don't know what you mean. I think it was for the best, to be honest. This passed by very quickly, though, in a good way. Yeah. No, I enjoyed it. Does anybody really like want to mind. talk about anything else, or do you, do you have anything to add? Anything to say? Now nah, let's spoil. Sure. All right. Well, thank Spoils, you guys please. for listening to the spoil spoiler-free section. Next month, I don't. I think I have a comic that I want to read for the next month, and I, it's a indie comic that I found last night that I read all of because it was really good. Oh. It was, um, Michael, I know you don't like gore. Yeah, I'm not going to join in this if it's going to be gore in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I figured. It's called um, Something is Killing the Children. I started that, but never finished it. It's Really? That's surprising. Yep. I I saw someone like tweet about it or something. I don't even know how I found it, but I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then I read the first issue, and I was like, I'm going to read this whole thing right now. And then I did. Um, so I think that's going to be, we're going to do like the first volume, I think just because, just so it's not, we're not going to read 52 issues or whatever it is. Um, 32, I think, um, plus it's still ongoing. I don't want to cover something that's still has stuff going, but there is a definitive like first arc to it. So we can read that. Uh, I think that's what it's going to be. It's a, it's a horror mystery series about a town where as the title implies, something is killing the children. And they don't really know what. Um, Sounds cool to me. If you want to hear about that and you want to join in, then you can join. And if not, then you can listen. Um, and thanks for coming to the book club. Aren't we also doing Xenos? We're also doing... Oh, fuck, we're doing Xenos. We're also doing Xenos by Dan <laughs> Abnett for the actual book in the month of September. So if you want to listen to that too, read it with us. Uh, be ready by like sometime next month. I don't know when we're going to record the episode. We'll get it. We'll figure it out. Um, end yeah. of September. In, end of September. Good one. Good job, guy. All right. <laughs> Thanks for listening. See you in the spoiler section, guys. Yeah, we're back. What's up? Welcome to the spoiler talk. So... We're going to talk about Batman killing the Joker and maybe both of these stories, but also maybe neither of these stories. Am I right, guys? Yeah. I mean, that's the discussion. So I was very like. Because I I had I had heard beforehand like uh like you know like oh Batman kills the Joker at the end of the Killing Joke and then like I I read it and I was looking like no there's no way that's not the implication is it they they they, they, they choked them out like here's my opinion on it no that's dumb <laughs> yeah yeah what? I I don't think that he killed him yeah it's it's a very well known prevalent theory that the uh the the ending of the Dark Knight. Or not the Dark Knight Returns, the Killing Joke. Uh, is there's the they they start laughing and there's the ha ha ha's in the distance and then there's the e and then it stops and there's silence and people interpreted that as Batman because he puts his hands on the Joker's shoulders that he's strangling the Joker to death. If Matt were here, he's not because he's grabbing food right now, but he'll be back in a second. He would probably maybe agree with that. But that is absolutely not the interpretation that the story is supposed to be. A hundred percent. First of all, it is, it is the, a interpretation. Damn, that's how I interpret it. Um, uh, the the laughter cuts off at the same time. People say that one laughter cuts off than the other one does, and that's Batman killing the Joker. That's why the laughter stops. But the only thing that really we see definitively stop, we, I, like we see the laughter stop at the same time. People think the E is like him choking the Joker, but it's just the sirens of the police cruiser. 
that we see in the panel with them laughing. So I am. I want to. I want to preface this by saying, I am a. I am a uh, uh, perpetuator of death of the author. I think that the author's intention is just one interpretation of the medium. And while there are some interpretations that are entirely bullshit, there are some that have at least some merit to them because it is there. You know, a, an interpretation of the media with the information given. Uh-huh. So I think people that interpret Batman killing the Joker given what we, you know, what we have here, obviously with the killing joke, uh, being the title of it, I, I can understand where they're coming from. Yeah. Uh, I personally have never seen it as Batman killing the Joker, mainly because Batman doesn't kill. That's uh-huh. how I view it. But I like, I can't fault people who believe that, uh, as being wrong because that is a valid interpretation and I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's a it's a valid interpretation. I think thinking about that in that context is a very interesting thing. Don't get me wrong. But for one, it's canon to the character's backstory. And if the Joker died, that would kind of be a problem in the comics because he appears after this story. And also just like Batman would have been to probably would have said something about killing the Joker and he doesn't. So, you know, obviously plus the fact that, like I said, the fa- the final panel of the story and the first panel of the story are the same thing. It's a loop like the story, much like the story is supposed to be. It's a loop of, uh, sorry, my brother sending me armchair pictures. I don't know what that means. Uh, it's a loop of the the relationship between Batman and the Joker. You know, at the end of the story, he doesn't kill the Joker. Like he, because in the beginning of the story, he talks about how he should kill the Joker, but he can't. At the end, he doesn't. And then the final panel is the first panel, and the story begins again like a cycle. Barbara gets shot. Yeah, I agree. So infinite every times. Time. There's actually fun. That's actually interesting. You bring that up because in 2007. In the Booster Gold comic, there is a sequel to this called No Joke, where if you don't know who Booster Gold is, he's a time traveler, um, and he has superpowers, and he time travels. And there's an arc of his comic where he tries to time travel back in time to stop the Joker from shooting Barbara Gordon. And every time he does, he fails. He does it hundreds of times. He starts losing his mind because of it. And then he tells Batman, and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry. I tried to save her, and I can't. And Batman just hugs him. And it's like, thank you for trying. So That's pretty cool. Yeah. So, Bertram, you said that you interpret it as Batman killing the Joker. What yeah. led you to that conclusion? Yeah, I agree. Well, okay. So, my, I don't think really what happens physically in the panels makes me think that. Mm-hmm. It's simply because earlier in the story, as we mentioned in um, the previous non-spoiler section, Batman tells the Joker, look, if if we both continue on like the same path with the same ideologies that we've had, like it's not going to end well for either of us, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just see it as like, like Batman wants the cycle to be over. So that's why he kills the Joker. That's yeah. That's a lot of. I think that's kind of the general 
argument of people who think he does, which is valid. It's an absolutely valid thought process on how also of this happened. I should say people who are more familiar with Batman will obviously see, you know, the story goes on. But for me, from my perspective, mm-hmm. as I said, like, you know, I know what happens in like the cultural views of both of these characters, but I'm not very well versed in like uh-huh. what actually happens in the story. So to me, like, you know, there is no continuing story because this is the only story I've seen. So yeah. like, you know, it, it makes sense. Also, I think, you know, even though it's established that Batman doesn't kill, there's lots of established roles for certain characters and certain franchises and for people in real life where they say they don't do this and then something eventually makes them do that. Mm-hmm. That thing that they said they would never do. So I don't think it's like a hard and fast rule that he can't kill the Joker. Yeah, that's fair. Matt, I know you're a big proprietor of the the, the Batman kills the Joker in this story. What are your thoughts? Well, I, I think... um it depends on how i'm thinking and feeling on the day i think there's multiple sides to it one part multiple that choice. very few people talk about in general True. truth multiple choice like the one joker one part that that people don't talk about in general is um why has the joker not been like executed by the state in any story like it's the state's fault that the joker is alive most you of the might time. not Just like be in a state there. where that's allowed to be but, fair but, like yeah, but Gotham like, City historically better, does not do the death penalty. Their method of incarcerating him would be the state's prerogative. So yeah, it shouldn't necessarily always be Batman's fault, but um, this to, is to kind speak of directly, just, that, uh, that's a that's an aside. That's like that's a, a larger kind of like a, that's kind of just like a comic book issue. That's like why does the mm-hmm. Green Goblin but keep uh, it's, breaking it's out of prison? Yeah, I, I will say mm-hmm. one thing. I will say one thing. All right, hear me out. All right. Send him to some place mm-hmm. that's not Arkham Asylum. Stop sending yeah. people to Arkham Asylum. Like, come on, there's yes. got to be another hospital. Yeah, you out should there just that can go shut to. down mm-hmm. Arkham by this but, point. Um, <laughs> so there's two two ways to think for me about the ending. One, um, I think Batman internally is still an eight year old child, especially in this story, but in a lot of stories, maybe some of the best stories. Morally speaking, he has the optimism of an eight year old child. He yeah. wants to save everybody. Saving everybody is the only option and he will do almost anything to achieve that if possible and he sees i don't know if he sees himself in the joker but he definitely sees the joker as directly being his responsibility because of their origin i think an inarguable point about the joker's origin is that batman is responsible for his creation because he failed to save him from the bat of acid or whatever made him the joker and Mm -hmm. That I think is critical to the ending. The with uh, with them both being crazy, they're both crazy, and it's interesting for me to wonder: is the same choice for Batman to kill the Joker, or to continue to attempt to rehabilitate him? Because trying to rehabilitate him is Batman's way of staying with sane society. Mm-hmm. Killing him, you know, condemns him to the thought of I should just kill everybody. I do think Maybe. that's a good point. I think, objectively speaking, in the framing of the story, Batman kind of puts pushes the idea of killing the Joker as kind of the correct decision. Because mm-hmm. yeah. he's like, he's like, mm-hmm. one of us is gonna die. Like, one, we're gonna kill each other at some point. Mm-hmm. He sees the writing on the wall. Um. But you know, he obviously doesn't go through with it because he cannot heal from his trauma. He cannot make that decision. Uh, which is cool. 
I like that. Um, At least in the canon ending of the comic. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty definitive, like, obviously, you know, say what you will about death of the author, but, like, definitively speaking, the Joker does not die at the end of this in canon. But it is worth noting, like, even ignoring that, the idea that you can interpret the ending of this so much, like, despite it, like, you would think it being pretty explicit one way or the other, is a phenomenal, like, piece Mm -hmm. of storytelling. Which is why Alan Moore is another... One of the goats. Uh, Sergio is raising his hand, so I'll pass it to. Yes. Um. So it's not the ending, but this is more a uh, great like Batman deep cut lore things that I noticed. Uh, other than like Batmite in the family photo, but the first appearance Batman cover is on the uh, newspaper uh, that somebody is reading about Batman's like first appearance, as well as the first appearance Batman costume appearing in the black and white flashbacks trying to catch the Joker. And I, I mentioned this earlier, um, but uh, if you aren't aware, Alan Moore is uh, the greatest hater to ever exist. And he hated the 80s Superman so much that he wrote the story the man, for the man who has everything, which was adapted into a Justice League episode and is the only adaptation that he likes. And being that he hated 80s Superman so much, he ran away to Image Comics to pick up a random character that live rob liefeld created to turn him into the ideal superman that he wanted to write because he loved things like crypto and the like the greater like superman lore that kind of got thrown away during this time so that's another great tidbit about alan boy he is the goat he is he is the greatest hater to ever hate which if we ever cover anything else alan moore related on this podcast which we will because you know he writes good stuff we will continue to mention that he is the greatest hater to ever hate. And he deserves a medal of honor for it. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to discuss with the killing joke, or can we move to the Dark Knight Returns? Uh, I have something with the killing joke. Just a favorite moment that's like a complete spoiler. Go for it. I will be fast. My, one of my like favorite things in fiction, I don't know exactly what you'd call it, like kind of like a, like not a stereotype, but like a, a kind of a thing that happens in plots often. A troll. Um, what'd you say? It's a trope. Yeah, a trope. One of my favorite tropes, exactly. Um, is when is when like the good guy and the bad guy kind of like meet up and just have like like are just being completely civilized with each other, like just having a conversation, even though they're both like noticeably against each other. And I mean like villain and hero stuff, not like two people who are about to be in a Yu-Gi-Oh duel, you know? Uh-huh. Um, That's good. And uh, yeah, I just love that sort of thing. Like um the batman just talking to the joker going to the asylum to just have a conversation with him i love that like that's just so good to me it's like one of my favorite tropes in fiction ever i I wish we saw it more to be honest bring up the the final scene that's interesting Mm. yeah that too the The, the final scene too absolutely i mean that that more than the asylum scene uh even i i I meant to imply that but yeah Mm. totally i I just love that whole thing (laughs) I agree. When Batman goes and says, dog, I ain't gonna lie, we're gonna be fucking dead. <laughs> we're gonna kill each other. And also the, the dialogue he says coming back when he's fighting the Joker um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the boxes. Yes. He- yes, very. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that's all I have to say. I'm glad. I'm glad you said it. Anybody else want one last shout out to the Killing Joke, or can we talk about the, the Dark Knight Returns? Cool. All right, Dark Knight Returns. Um, the the scene in the where the Joker dies 
Did you interpret it as Batman killing the Joker? Or did you interpret it as the Joker killing himself? Joker killing himself. Joker killing himself. Joker killing I was himself. just confused. <laughs> I was a little confused too. It took me a bit to reread it a few the, times. The idea is that the whole plan, like this, the whole plan of the Joker is to get Batman to snap. To get Batman. He wants Batman to kill him. That is his goal in life. In the, in the context of The Dark Knight Returns. He wants Batman mm-hmm. to be the one who ends his life to prove that he beat the Batman by making him break his only rule. And he fails. Which is why he... Because he's, he's permanently paralyzed when he gets hit into that wall. That's like kind of the point where Joker is like, I got you. Now you have to kill me because you paralyzed me. And Batman's like, no, I won't. He's like, all right, well, fuck you then. Like, you still caught, you may not have killed me, but you did cause my death. And by you causing my death, he wins. You, I win, and you are not the hero you think you are, which is why Superman is sent in after him. Which is awesome. Again, great writing. I don't think it's, it's, like I said, it's not perfect. It's not like, I think the killing joke is perfect. Like, cover to cover. I think it's perfect. It's tight. Um, I don't it's think, tight, yeah. I don't think The Dark Knight Returns is perfect, but I think, um, I think that The Dark Knight Returns led into The Killing Joke being perfect. <laughs> I don't know if that's bold. <clears throat> no, I get I it. So. it. It laid the groundwork. Yeah, for it's the it. foundation of the of the of the nice cozy home that the game is. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people. That's another thing. That's another like big debate. Like, did he did he kill the Joker or not? Nah? Um, which I mean, I don't think so. No, like, but I will say, killed himself. I will say him just like twisting his neck. Mm-hmm. Awkwardly, I reject the premise. You can't do that. It was like well, half it broken. It was like half broken. Tried. He does say with a devil's strength. Yeah, it was like it was the whole point was it was an inhuman level of strength. Like it's a bit of a bra moment. Also, because I couldn't to tell it. what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was just like yeah, I I win. I'm gonna die now, and then your life's gonna be fucking ruined. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I like that scene. I like the Batman. I like the scene where Batman dies fighting Superman. Um, even though obviously he doesn't actually die. Spoiler! Oh my god! Yeah, just the the fact that he's fighting Superman literally to the last breath and just his just completely gives out, like fighting for what he believes in. Bars, dog. Bars. (laughs) Bars. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, does anybody else have anything they want to talk about with the, the, the Dark Knight Returns? I liked uh, the ending where everybody kind of like uh, came together uh, to, to save the day. And that whole scene with like the after the nuclear warhead had exploded and everybody just working together. It was mm-hmm. just a little bit like a heartwarming kind of optimistic moment, you know? Uh-huh. I will also give a shout out to the fact that um the fact that, that like this comic book is very left leaning like very obviously and the fact that the final fight features the the most left leaning superhero to ever be part of DC Comics of the Green Arrow 
kind of goes hard. I also think like, we should bring never... back the fat bat, the the if fat you... Batman logo. Oh, yeah. I I don't think I don't think so. I don't really. I'm a fan of it. I think it's good, but I like I like the oval with the bat in it. Like the I, I would at least like to see it on a more modern suit because it was really only used in this, and then obviously the BVS Batman suit is you know directly inspired by. Well, it was also used in the sequels to this, and I think All Star Batman. Th- those don't exist. Oh, shout, shout out to All-Star Batman and Robin for having the worst written Batman of all time, which is also oh, a sequel to this this story. Um, there's a scene where um, Robin is like, oh, Batman, you're being kind of violent with these guys. And then uh, Batman responds with, are you dense? Are you or something? I'm the goddamn Batman. You can't re- tell me what to do. I remember that. I, I, wow, I didn't know Batman was based. You Sorry, <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> you should fuck up. No, I, love, I love it when Batman's ableist. It's awesome. There's also another line uh, where Fair Wonder Woman cool. is like trying to... Like, she, she's <laughs> moving John? through the street, and she goes out of my way, sperm bank, to some like dude that she's just like, I rudely I thought that aside. was in The Dark Knight Strikes Again, I won't lie to you. No, it's an all-star Batman or <laughs> Because it also that kind of stuff also happens in Strikes Again. Um, yeah, in the in the Dark Knight universe, Wonder Woman is a super sexist female supremacist who believes that men should be only only used as sperm donors and nothing else. Um, that's just a thing. I'm okay with this fantasy. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I would be okay with being in this fantasy. Penis explosion chamber and everything. Like, yeah, I want to be the penis explosion chamber. No, uh, no explosion? Wonder Woman, don't hook me in the cock flare. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, it's, it's like the fucking me on, no. Futurama episode. Death by oh, snoo, snoo. I would take death by snoo snoo. That's how I want to go out. I wouldn't hesitate. Oh, my man, dab me up. <laughs> But yeah. That's the sound of me dabbing you up. <laughs> yeah, it's a uh, it's cool. Dark Knight Returns is cool. Um, I like that Carrie is like the light on bad Bruce's life until the the end where he dies, quote unquote. But even then, he she still continues to help him. Like in written in an era where Robin had kind of become like a thing of like. People don't really care about Robin anymore. Like, Jason's dead. Dick is not returning to be Robin. People wanted Batman to just be alone for a while. Like, having a character kind of be like, yeah, this is Robin, and she is, like, for the better in Bruce's life, like, pretty distinctly. Um, Also, another plot element that gets brought into the mainline continuity. Because a few years later, after this was written, who comes in to show in 19... 89 then the third robin tim drake whose entire character arc becoming robin is that batman cannot operate without robin keeping him grounded he discovers batman's identity and becomes robin he becomes the third robin unless you read new 52 then he was never robin for some reason but that's not canon because the new 52 fucking sucks And also, he's Robin now, again. Even though Damian Wayne is also Robin, Tim is also, also Robin. Um, don't get confused about that, because they don't elaborate on it, and there's no real reason why. 
Um, yeah, so again, influential. It influenced the comics. They introduced the third Robin. That's not just a clone of Dick Grayson, but less interesting. Um, in fact, the, the 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 best feature of that Robin is that he's a fucking dork and kind of a loser. He's a he's a he's a he's a he's a cringe fail in the in the Robin role, and it's awesome. And I love it. And I love the Dark Knight Returns. Anything else we want to talk about with the Dark Knight Returns? Anybody got anything to add? Not me. Oh, I'm good. I've, I'm good. I've said my pieces. Yeah. All right, let's end it then. Cool. Well, like I said, um, we're going to be doing the... Uh, something is killing the children. Um, and Xenos. And Xenos. But, you know, if you're only here for comic books... Read that. Uh, let me see how long it is, just so I can give you an issue number. Something. Yes, please. Do. The children, volume one. It's like thirty-four or whatever. But uh, just remember, audience, that we are in fact vengeance. We are in fact the knights, and we are so you think you can fan them. Yes, that is true. And we are going to be reading the first ten issues, maybe fifteen. I haven't decided. Bruh. Uh, I mean, it's shorter. It's way shorter. It's like Sounds good to me. 30 pages an issue or something. Okay. Um, it's not nearly as bad. But yeah, um, so be excited for that. Be excited for Xenos. Um, we have our slate for the book club filled out pretty far. So um, if whatever we read next time doesn't interest you, then something else surely will. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. Have a good night. Guys, do we love them? No. It, I will leave that up to their interpretation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I agree. I love them like the Batman loves the Joker. Oh, I come over here, you do clown. You love, you love them like the Batman loves the Joker, or the Joker loves the Batman? I love them like the That's Joker up to loves interpretation. the Batman. That is up to interpretation. I love yeah. them like the Batman loves the Joker, because I love clown twinks. <laughs>